Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. What's up, hockey fans, and welcome to episode number 96 of Marty's Illegal Stick, brought to you by the Sports History Network. I'm Scott Kinville, and I'm alongside here uh, the first ballot Hall of Shamer, Ed Stefaniak. I got Connor Weidman, and we got Chris Mazzotti. We have got a full house ready to go today. It is a hockey party here at Marty's Illegal Stick. And, of course, guys, the topics of the day all have to do with this playoff race that we got just going down, and it's going crazy out there. And uh, you know what? I, I, I like the fact that if you look across the divisions, other than the Atlantic, there is still there's still uh, playoff division titles to be decided here. I mean, yeah, I mean that 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 metropolitan division is going to be an absolute wild card race. It's it's going to be insane. Yeah, for sure. Uh, isn't the West close too? Yeah, everything. Everything is close except for, um, <clears throat> well, like I said, like that, <laughs> the Bruins like... have pretty much run away with the Atlantic. But uh, yeah. but you know what? I'm, I'm going to go down the whole list here. Of, you've got four divisions, right? So you got the Vegas Golden Knights leading with 98 points. They're only up by two points on the LA Kings and by three points on the Edmonton Oilers. The Minnesota Wild are leading the Central Division. They got 95 points. They're only up by one over Colorado and over Dallas as well. Again, another really tight race. Forget about Boston. They've won that division. That's over with. Uh, (laughs) However, that Atlantic – or I'm sorry, the Metropolitan Division. Carolina has suddenly got some competition up there at the top. They're at 103. They're still leading the division. But right behind them is the New Jersey Devils with 100 and the New York Rangers with 98. So, gentlemen, I ask you, let's do a little game called the worst of the first. And we're going to take a look at all those division leaders. And I want your opinions about who is going to get bounced out of the playoffs first. Now, granted, like we were talking before the show, that whole first place can change tonight, can change tomorrow, and that's what's great about these tight races. But for argument's sake, let's use the first place teams as of today, March 29th. So, you know what? I'll start with me. <laughs> I'll take the pressure off, you guys. I'll, I'll do this <laughs> off, all right? I'll and I'm looking, at, I'm looking at these, and you know who I think is going to be first? And, Mazzotti, you're going to laugh, of course. I got to say, I think it's going to be the Vegas Golden Knights. I think they're the team that's the most vulnerable right now. Um, you know, say say what you want about getting Jonathan Quick. That's that's great. That's fine. But uh, And I love Jonathan Quick for what he did when he was with the LA Kings. All right? But this is not Jonathan Quick of 2014 we're seeing here at all. And we saw it last night. 
Yeah, lit up by Edmonton, right? And as it stands right now, they're going to play either Seattle or Winnipeg. And I'm going to tell you right now, if they get Winnipeg, they're going to have some problems. What do you guys think? I agree. I agree. Winnipeg could really give Vegas a hard time outside of Jack Eichel and maybe some additions with Phil Kessel and if Petrangelo stays healthy. But realistically, they're the most vulnerable. You're right. Um, they're kind of in favor, uh, in a favorable position right now with that week, weaker schedule. But then you see them getting lit up by Edmonton, who has their own goaltending woes. <laughs> it's it's it really is they, Edmonton's team you should put five up on every you yeah, know yeah absolutely and, and you know I'll, I'll give Vegas credit in the regards that of them having that many points with as many injuries as, as they've had this year you know kudos yeah. to them uh, credit credits due you know credits due with those with those amount of injuries but I I full, wholeheartedly believe Vegas is a, realistically in a vulnerable spot. If they do meet Winnipeg, that's going to be that's going to be a first round bounce for Vegas. Yeah. Oh, I I totally believe that. And you know while we're talking about that wild card, you know, looking at that Western Conference wild card, uh, Seattle's in the first spot right now at eighty eight points. Winnipeg's in the sec- uh, second spot at eighty five, and then they're followed by Calgary with eighty three, who's so up and down you can never tell what Calgary's going to do. And somehow Nashville has climbed back into this, even though they can't score to save their, their own lives. Uh, they're only three points out of a playoff spot with 82 points. Uh, but I would say out of all those four teams, Winnipeg is the one that scares me the most if you're going to go into the first-round playoff. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. Um, Seattle, you know, great run, winning season after in their only second season. You, you, you got to give them credit, but – I personally think they don't have the firepower that they, you know, that their points show. They're not built for playoff hockey yet. They'll be there. I think they're four years, four or five years away from dominance if they keep this pace up. But Nashville, they're right in the back of UC Soros. You saw it last night in the Boston game where they beat Boston two to one. Um, realistically, it was a two nothing game. Boston scored one second left. Um, but they, they they're really right in the back of UC. If he was on any other team that, that was in contention, he'd be a Vesnik nominee year after year. Um, and Calgary, so up and down. The locker room issues with uh, with their coach Daryl Sutter. It's it, it really you don't know what's going to happen with them. I personally don't see Calgary making a push. Um, Nashville don't see them making it, but they're going to be close. If UC Saros keeps up his play, it's I think I think the wild card is locked up personally. Yeah, it kind of looks that way. Uh, anybody else got any uh, other opinions as far as any other teams that could be rather vulnerable in the first round? Carolina. Interesting. Very Carolina. Interesting. Uh, the the re- and the reason why I say that is just the Svechnikov injury is so devastating. They haven't been the same team since he's been gone. They have they they've been far from the same team. Aho's played all right, you know. They 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 still have their their weapons, but they don't have perfect goaltending either. I mean, who does realistically? Right. Uh, it with Carolina, they've relied so much on that flashy play, that that modern style of hockey that is, you know, they they can move the puck around anybody, and Svechnikov is the catalyst. Him being gone is their biggest 
the the biggest thing that could have happened to them, the worst thing that could have happened. Yeah. What do you think, Mazzotti? Well, I think uh, I think he's right about Carolina. I think they're vulnerable right now, but I, I don't think they can be counted out until you know they fully collapse or something. They they still have first place. They have it by you know what five points right now. I think it's uh, three. Three points. Yep. Three. Three, three on the okay. Three on the three doubles. on the doubles. Five on the Rangers. Yep. Five on the Rangers. Um, and uh, it it's gonna be tight now. And when I look at the top first place teams right now, I think Minnesota. You know they've been doing well, but can they get beat by their their matchup? I, I'd say for sure. Because uh, um, who are they going to end up playing? They're going to end up playing either. Uh, well, is it going to be Seattle? They would get Seattle as it stands yeah, right now. That's a rough matchup. I, I don't like that for Minnesota. Um, I don't think that. Seattle's a team to sleep on, um, especially if their goaltending can turn it around like they had like for a majority of the season. So um, Winnipeg is like, I don't know. Are they trying to miss the playoffs? You just can't um, go with them. Because like every other day I'm like, oh, they're going to they're going to be fine. And then it's like, no, nope, they lost again. Like it's in a lackluster effort. You know, <laughs> it's like, OK. So uh, meanwhile, you know, Calgary goes ahead and wins last night and now it's like oh okay it's it's a race again and now Nashville Nashville beats Boston yeah they, yeah we saw all the also that coming um but they did get McDonough back since we last spoke so you know they got they got better defensively and that's a big get back you know so you never know they get some guys back all of a sudden Nashville's not looking as bad as they they you thought they might be so I don't, I don't think that's all settled up in the west I think I think Winnipeg can slip right out of this. Uh, Seattle possibly could too if they don't watch themselves. Um, but I think that Seattle will be okay. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think Carolina is is definitely. I, I agree with that. I think they're 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 sus. You know, <laughs> they got a lot of they got the a lot of stuff say. in there with all <laughs> these injuries, and uh, you know, you want to go in playing your best hockey at this time of year. You don't want to just, you know, fold it in and let's go. We'll wait for two weeks to get to the playoffs. You can't do that. No. You can't do that. You're going to be better going through. with a full head of steam. Yeah. Patrick Kane said it last night. He's like, and he would know more than, you know, most people. So I think you he, know, won a few cups and he's been bouncing this first round a few times too. He's like, you Patrick can't just Kane turn. There's more. no switch you could turn on. It's like, you got to go and play in your best. So is, um, is Kane and Taves, are they. Are they the oldest players in the league currently? Like with the most playoff uh, experience, I would say. Could be with the most playoff experience. It would be close between them and like Stamkos, uh, Kucherov, Hedman. Yeah, well, Kucherov's fairly new. He's only been around like ten. Wow, ten years. I mean, yeah, it'd be well. Yeah, but don't forget, Tampa Bay was pretty much making the playoffs every year. Oh yeah, yeah you're right. Whereas Chicago's right. calling kind of like this drought. I mean, granted, I know they had the, you know during the, the the dynasty years. I mean, they were you know deep runs oh. every year. That's something interesting. I, I, you know what? I'd like to look that up. That's actually pretty interesting. And something I do want to note with that Western Conference wildcard chase is that Seattle and Nashville both have two games in hand on Winnipeg and Calgary. So that can make a huge difference down the road. So for Seattle, definitely. And Nashville, I think they're still like they beat Boston last night, and it was 
honestly on the back of UC Soros. Boston had high danger chances. It was a great game. Fun game to watch, even though Boston lost. Um, but it was just penalty after penalty, undisciplined hockey for both teams. And with the points, Boston can afford that loss and afford that play as much as you don't I don't want to say that. It's true. Um Nashville couldn't. They made it on top. They got lucky, you know. You know, Boston shouldn't have pulled Allmark when they did, but who would have predicted that one that last second goal? Um, but realistically, six, seven penalties in a game, they, that was really undisciplined hockey on both on both teams. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Connor, what's your thoughts? I think it bounced out first. Yeah. Uh, I hate to say it, but my devils. Yeah, well, we're talking about the first place teams. Oh, first place teams get my bad. So um you just gave it away. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, sorry. Dash one, dash one for yeah. Connor. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna have to go with Carolina. Yeah, that's I'm gonna go with Carolina. Um I mean they've been up top all season, right? They haven't changed really. Well, the Devils were holding that for what the first quarter of the season. They were on yeah, fire. Was yeah. on sixteen game win streak, and then you know they Toronto messes that up with the refs like they always do. Oh, here we go. Uh, we got the, we got the Tom Brady's of the NHL of the Toronto. So I said that no. Tom time. Brady wins. Tom Brady wins championships. Uh, <laughs> When's the last time the Maple Leafs won it? In like sixty-seven. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Maple Leafs aren't Tom Brady. Maple Leafs are <laughs> Maple Leafs are Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> uh, uh. Uh, you yeah, I'm going to say Carolina. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I can't disagree with that. Um, I was talking about that last week, actually. That you know, Carolina suddenly just looks very vulnerable. They they really do. Um, Ed, I think you got a real good point with the, the Shvetsakov injury. Um, and you know, Mazzotti, you and I were talking. You know couple days ago, yeah, they play that style of game that will just bore you to death. Bores you. Wears you down, you know. Um, and that's actually not a bad recipe for success in the playoffs. But, you know, they're, they're also kind of striking me as this team that – I don't. they're not going through the motions, of course, but I also – I'm not thoroughly convinced that they're ready for a deep run like I was, say, two months ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, two months ago, the, the, the Carolina Hurricanes were a much different team two months ago. You, True. You're, you're talking two months ago, you're talking about the return of Max Pacioretty. Freddie Anderson standing on his head every night. you got Brent Burns at the top of his game, which still surprises me at, what is he, 40 years old? I think. He's yeah, he's pushing 40. I mean, yeah. he, he got... He got a healthy Shvetchnikov, a healthy Aho. They have been just beat down. And I don't know that. I think those Rangers games are really definitely doing it. The Rangers hammer them every time. Game every time they've played the Rangers this year, the Rangers have hammered them. They're, they're, I agree. And especially the Rangers if, are deadly. Well, especially if they end up getting the Rangers in the first round, that's going to be a tough matchup for them because they just don't match up well with the Rangers. At it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough matchup for them, but I think that they're, they're, it's an easy matchup for the Rangers. If they yeah, play well, that's the, what I mean. That's what I'm talking it's, about. If it's Rangers first, Rangers Hurricanes first round, I'm expecting the Rangers to beat him in five. Wow, he's going with predictions already. Yeah, I like it. Are you trying to get yeah. us a sponsor by Caesar's Palace or something? Was it? I, I would love that. <laughs> let's let's. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, 
All right. I mean, so, realistically, so. Carolina will hold that spot. Yeah, if you're they right. like go fifty percent, pretty right. much the rest of the way. So, um, I mean, it, it's it's just three points up, but it's a it's a tall hill at the top. Like for how good you know Jersey and the Rangers are playing tonight, will make a big difference depending on what happens between Jer- or tomorrow night. Uh, what happens between uh, Rangers and the Devils are playing tomorrow night at the Rock. Um, so if that game, the Rangers win that, the Rangers take second place in a tie with uh, New Jersey, um, you know, with six games to go. So that would make things interesting on Carolina. But it, Carolina, right now, they're looking like they're going to have to play the Islanders. And, and I think that's a team that – Neither Boston nor Carolina wants to play right now. I don't think anybody wants him. Yeah, no, nobody wants him. The Rose is wild card. You can't, you can't beat him. He's he's an excellent goal goaltender, and and you know the the structure and defensive style of the Islanders, you know that could be a problem for either for any team really. Yeah. Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they play into their players' strengths. The question is, is, Bar- is Barcel going to be healthy enough for playoffs? He's really their X factor when it comes to putting points on the board. Yeah, and, and you know, the funny part is, is that Barzell wasn't playing well at all, especially in the first half of the season. They trade for Bo Horvat. He finally starts playing well, and then he gets injured. You know, but yeah. you're right at on that one. And, you know, I'm actually, let's talk about this. Since we got a Rangers fan and we got a Devils fan here, okay? Now, if you are the Rangers or the Devils, do you want to play each other in the first round, or would you rather get the Islanders? Because if you get the Islanders, it means you win the division, and you're going to get whoever doesn't win the division is going to get Carolina, right? So if you're if you're the New York Rangers and you're you're the New Jersey Devils, are you looking at those standings and saying, you know what, that first round, I think I'd rather get those guys from across, well, directly across the river rather than a little bit further across the river. <laughs> what do you think? You can start, Connor. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, see, I don't really know because I just that's that's a good question. I I'm gonna have to say I'd rather play the Rangers. I really rather play the Rangers. All right. And that's how I feel. I think that that game's gonna draw a lot of t- if that does happen. Hopefully, it does. That will draw a lot of attention. And okay. I mean, was it 2017? I think it was that they was it 2017 that uh, they beat the Rangers. Was it? I can't remember. I think it was. What year was it? They beat them in the playoffs. For the, I think it was 20. Was, year 2011. Hmm. No, that was one year that the Devils beat the Rangers to make it to the finals against. Them. Was, oh, yeah. 12. You're thinking of 12. 12. Yeah. 2012. Yeah. 2012. I don't know why it's 2017. I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did I miss a year yeah. here? What's There's going on? Six guys laying on top of one. Right. The devil scored the game winning goal. And yep. No interference. Yeah. But I, I really that. see that matchup. I, I think that would draw a lot more people than you know, Islanders and Devils. Or... Well, I don't think you got to worry about the stadiums being filled for sure. Um, that's that's going to be rocking either way. Uh, Mazzotti, you're a Rangers fan. Would you rather get the Devils or the Islanders in the first round? Because you're going to get one of them. <laughs> I'd rather get the Devils, but I I'd like the Rangers to take second place. Um, 
I don't think it would matter in the Devils Rangers series, but moving forward, I think it does matter. So right. I would I, right. I would like it for the rest of the playoffs, but Rangers Devils, it doesn't really matter because it's 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 a mixed bag either way. You know, there'll be seven thousand Devils fans in the Garden, there'll be fifteen thousand Rangers fans at the Rock, and uh, it's usually how it goes. Uh, Speaking of which, Rangers played Florida recently. Uh, I've never seen so much blue in a visiting arena. Like, well, couldn't even tell there was. I, I mean, it was just ridiculous to me that I'm like, oh my goodness, like that. Why don't they just like play the goal horn for when the Rangers score the goal song? Because the whole stadium was Rangers. They were literally chanting "Let's go Rangers." I didn't hear "Let's go Panthers" the whole game. Like, well, yeah, but the Panthers have got to be used to that by now because I mean, before they had a good year last year, right? It was they were getting you know eight thousand people anyhow. So, I mean, I think I about it for a second. It's like twenty degrees in New York. It's eighty degrees in Miami. What do you? I, perfect it, uh, vacation opportunity here. I was just thinking about our division uh, talk last week. I was thinking like the owner of the Panthers has got to be like, how do we get into the Rangers division? Like, how do we play these guys eight times a year? Like, because they had to, they had to be loving the the revenue stream after at the end of the game with concessions and the ticket sales. But yeah, I I like I said I don't like the format for this because I think the Devils and the Rangers are two fun teams that could be fun to watch in the playoffs. And I I hate to think that one of them is going to be gone after the first round. Um, and I you know I don't think it's a sleep. Uh, you know, that Jersey could beat the Rangers. Absolutely, they could. Um, but we'll see. You know, I think the Devils, for the Devils to win, their goaltender is going to, they're going to have to Bennington it. You know, their goaltender, Vanacek or uh, Blackwood, one of them is going to have to yep. be like outstanding. It's going to um, be Vanacek for the Devils. Yeah, Vanacek will go for the Devils. Yeah. And that's going to have to be the VTech Vanacek from the first half of the season, not this you know, current, uh, quite frankly, inconsistent incarnation. Uh, the one advantage I think that New Jersey would have in a series, especially against the Rangers, you think about it, they can play loose because the Devils aren't supposed to be there. If you recall, going into the season, they were, no they were you know, well, we'll be happy to make a wild card. It means we're making progress. Nobody expected this at all. Whereas the Rangers, and especially after loading up and making moves, well, guess what? People are expecting at least a conference finals, if not a Stanley cup final appearance. So the devils do have the advantage in being able to play a little bit more loose with, which would really help them with the young team. However, that will be a fantastic series. Ed, any thoughts on that? I do agree with you on the devils. I mean, nothing's more deadly than a team playing on house money. It's you got these Cinderella runs, the devils this year, no one expected it. And actually, I actually have a thought about the Vitek Vanacek situation with Kinsey Blackwood. Notice how McKenzie Black. I noticed how McKenzie Blackwood was out the first half of the season when Vanacek was on fire, and then he comes back and you know that now they're you know just average goaltending in in New Jersey. It's not, nothing to write home about like in the first half. Um, it, could there be an issue in that locker room with goaltenders? Hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know about that because, I mean, frankly, Vanacek got him to where where they are right now. At least yes. a big factor in it. I I agree. Not exactly him alone, but, but but where 
Where does Mackenzie Blackwood now stand with that organization? Well, without, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not an expert on the New Jersey Devils by any stretch of the imagination, but because I follow the Comets, you know, I kind of have a good idea. And I would have to say that Mackenzie Blackwood is probably as good as gone next year in New Jersey. Yeah, uh, You got Akira Schmidt who's ready to come up and take that backup goaltender role. And while Mackenzie Blackwood has flashes of being a great goaltender, he does have a, a huge in, uh, injury history. And you, you can't carry three goaltenders in the NHL. You just can't do it. It's not – there's no room for it, especially in a cap world and, and all that. So Don't – don't hold your breath on that because we said that five years ago with the the one A one B situation. You can't have two starters, and now well, I'm not saying you can't have two stars. I'm saying three goaltenders. But what I'm saying is times are going to change before we know it, and then all of a sudden you're going to see teams with three goaltenders invest in a third goaltender. Somebody's going to come up with that bright idea. It's going to work. They're going to win the cup, and now every team's going to copy that. But what do you sacrifice? Because now you got to sacrifice either a defenseman slot or a forward slot. Uh, honestly, because you, you got to think there's black aces. Well, uh, playoffs um, is one thing, but I'm talking about regular season because that's what we were talking about. You know, uh, they're going to find the, these these general managers are smart. They're going to find a way around it. Cap's going to go up. They're going to say, you know what? Let's spend it on a third goaltender, and they're going to do it. You got to you got to remember too, like a lot of these contracts that are going with the the, the per cap projections, so they may undershoot it. If one somebody undershoots it, they're going to go grab a third goaltender. Could they could, but I'll tell you something: the problem with how much expansion's been done and all that. If there's one pool that's really been diluted, it's the goaltender pool. Yes, there's not, you know. You got 32 teams in the NHL right now, so which means you have to have at least, at least 64 NHL caliber goaltenders. Which really, I'm, I'm telling you, that is not easy. I mean, listen, no, it's, it's not, not easy for a forward or a defenseman to make the NHL. Don't take me wrong, but what I'm saying is, when you have the goaltender position being really as as specialized as it is, and especially in this day and age, because now you have to pretty much be the super athlete, right? We've talked about this before. Whereas, you know, 20, 25 years ago, you didn't have to be the super athlete to be the goaltender. You just had to be a pretty good athlete. Now you got to, you know, it, it's the equivalent in football to say, you know, running the 40 and 4-2, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So that really kind of narrows the, the pool down. But how many goaltenders are in Sweden and in Russia that are in HL, right? Yeah. They're just not ready to come here. There's a lot of them. Yeah, I, don't know. I feel like there's a lot more than what we know. I think be. that's exactly the problem, though, Ed, because they're not going to come here when they can get a starting job over being a third stringer and making more money in Russia or Sweden yeah. or, or Liga or any of I mean, these leagues. So not to like, not to change everything, but if you like, you got NHL, but then you got the AHL, ECHL. If you look at it, there's a lot of ECHL players that do go overseas because they get better opportunities. Absolutely. There's tons of them right now. There's there's a couple of them that I've watched in Reading. Um, one of the Thunder guys, Jake, I think it was Jake Rizek went over, and he's playing over there and overseas. Um, Bador, Martin Bador's son's over there playing. Because he, yeah, well, he was with, uh, I think it was a Reading Royals, and he's over there now playing over, I think he's in Germany or something like that. 
But like yeah, Chris, you bring up a great point about the professional leagues over in Europe because the professional leagues have grown leaps and bounds over there over the past 10 years. You mentioned Liga. You got the SHL in Sweden. Don't forget about the DEL in Germany. That league is growing by leaps and bounds. Of course, you still had the KHL. So the competition for top players, let's put it this way. The NHL still has a lock pretty much on elite players, right? Because that's where they're going to make the most money. Right. But if you have those betweeners, all of a sudden, it's, you guys are absolutely right. It's no guarantee that they're going to be satisfied. Well, I'll go over and be a third stringer, say, on the Seattle Kraken, making a league minimum, or I can go over to the SHL, the Swedish league, make more money than I was making over here, and I'm going to get more playing time. And the playing time is the key, I think. Oh, yeah. Because these guys need it. They need it to get better. You know, we've always, I've, you've heard me say before, uh, you know, stay in the AHL season or, or, or whatnot because they need the work. They need the seasoning. And, 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 and if they're not going to get, if they're going to be the backup in the AHL or the starter in Sweden, which way are you going to go? You know, like you want the playing time, especially if you're getting more money. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, I know we're talking about goaltenders, but, Look at um Boldy over in Minnesota. He they did did anything he was ready to put him back down the HL for a little bit the season up. He came back up. Look at him now. Well, yeah, that's absolutely. Like, and and you know the price time it helps them. Like I agree, they need. There's I'm young. I'm 25. There's kids out there that my age that are trying to get up there and you know, on the AHL and stuff like that. That's like they need ice time. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Not here and, and there. don't forget, players develop at different paces too. Yes. I think when it comes to goaltending with the third goaltender, the smartest thing, the best thing you could do is, is something like what the Rangers have done the last couple of years. They see a guy who's been to the NHL. You can, they know he can play in the NHL, but maybe he's not the regular starter or even the regular backup like Keith Kincaid. Uh, then, then they, you know, last year, we saw uh, Louis Domingue have to end up going into net for the Penguins. Right. He played outstanding. You know, everybody's been saying all year, oh, they beat a third-string goaltender in Pittsburgh. Louis Domingue played his, his brains out. Like, yeah. let's be real, okay? He let a couple of bad ones in, but overall, he was excellent. And what did the Rangers do? They gave him a contract this year. <laughs> He's the Rangers' third-string goaltender. Right. So, you know, that's more the avenue because I don't think you can commit any, any amount of this cap going up, it's not going to be committed to a third goalie because these players that have been waiting for their paydays, they want they get that money. There's no way. Or you're not going to keep them. So you could have three great goalies, but you got no first-line center. You know, So yeah. that, that's the issue. And don't forget, you still got Corey Schneider that the Islanders have sitting down in Bridgeport. There you go. Somebody like that, exactly. I yeah. thought he retired. No, he's in Bridgeport. He's in yeah, Bridgeport still? Islanders. Yeah. And would you want to play him if he had to come up and play in the playoffs? No. Could you imagine I that? I have a feeling he would be outstanding. Could you imagine if he came back against the Devils? <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> I think that's what we've been talking about all along, too, with Kate, uh, Quick playing against the Kings in the playoffs. I hope it happens. Oh God, uh, I'd be rooting for Jonathan Quick so much. Yeah, I know you would. You, you know what? You, it wouldn't even matter if Jonathan Quick was playing. You'd be rooting against him anyways. Oh, he I looked would, terrible would. last night. Yeah, he that's... looked terrible. He looks. If so you bad. go back and watch those highlights, 
Quick to, is not in that. He's not owning the crease at all. He's no. flopping and flipping. Like, uh, all of a sudden, that little boost he got from the trade seems gone. He's back <laughs> well, to the man from L.A. who couldn't stop anything this year. And again, like I said, it was so sad to watch, you know, a Legends game kind of drop off the way it did in L.A. Um, you know, and, and again, the way they handled that trade was pr- – they could have definitely handled that better. But there was a reason they made that trade. And, yeah, and that, a know, couple weeks ago when I said it was the most disrespectful trade, that's what I meant. He yeah, oh yeah, oh gone. absolutely. I, I know he needed I, to be I, gone, but like he, uh, with a legend like that, you give him a heads up. Oh yeah, oh I agree. I, I, I think they, I think honestly, LA pulled the trigger too late on him. I think oh, this should oh, have yeah. one or two seasons ago when they could have got a real big value for him. The, the shocker is it was the contract that was the problem. The shocker is that they got Corpusalo and Gorianov. Yeah, they well they had to throw in a first round pick for it too, but yes, it's well, working out pretty well for them though. That first round pick's utterly useless because they're they're yeah. you know if they make it out of the first 15, round, it basically becomes a high second round pick. Yeah, so to me, they if if Gorianov does decide to stay in LA, you know I know he said he wants to test the free agent market, but if he decides he wants to stay and LA offers him a good deal, I think LA made out like bandits on that. Because quick was worth a lot less. Yeah, I mean that's and, and like I said, it's 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 too bad, and you know it's a shame you ended up in Vegas. But um, but we were talking about the Rangers and the Devils and Mazzotti. I know you got something you got on your mind. You want to get off of your chest, and it was in a game against Carolina. So take us through it, and you know what, brother, let it out. Let yourself feel better. Carolina, last week we were talking, Carolina had to play the Rangers twice, right? And the first game uh, was at the Garden. The Rangers, you know, in Carolina's defense, Carolina came out flying like they usually do. They stifled the Rangers' breakout really well. The Rangers could not get much of anything going, um, although they did end up um, uh, having a lead in the game uh Luckily, really luckily, because Shusterkin had to play great. And it was Ryan Lindgren's first game back after missing uh, about 10, nine or 10 games with an injury uh, off a, off a boarding from TJ Oshie that never even got anything, not a penalty, not a phone call, nothing. So uh, he gets back in the game. Carolina makes, you know, they, they dominated the second period Carolina, um, but, they couldn't get anything through. The Rangers are playing defensively sound. You know, when that, that's one thing I like about them right now that, like, they don't get all flustered when a team comes at them hard. They, they, they buckle down, they collapse, they get in their position, and they look for their opportunity to transition. Now, it didn't really happen for most of the second period, but they, they end up coming out of it. The third period, Carolina comes back. They tie the game. The Rangers go right back. It's 2-1. to one, And Carolina comes back, ties it 2-2. Two, two. And then with, like, two minutes and change to go, Ryan Lindgren's taking the puck. He's got it at the sidewall in the defensive zone. And a Carolina comes player comes from behind and literally slew-foots him. There's no other way to look at it. It is the most blatant, obvious slew-foot. He kicks his foot. Right behind Lindgren. Lindgren goes backwards, like a down, like a sack of potatoes. The puck goes right to the Carolina player 
who passes it hard to Burns into the net for the game-winning goal. Literally off that slew foot. Right off the slew foot, right onto Burns' stick, right into the net. And I got people on Reddit. Now, I don't like to say the refs cost the Rangers that game. But 100% the refs cost the Rangers that game. When they don't call that blatant, obvious slew foot, that, by the way, Lindgren is now out again and has not played since. There's been no call from the league, nothing. I mean... And he didn't play the rest of the game, right? I'm just it was, assuming. It, I'm assuming. Um, it was only two minutes left, so I couldn't okay. even. I didn't tell see you. the game, so it was only it was only like a minute fifty left. Okay. Like he, okay. he may have taken a shift or two, right? Okay. But th- that's it. Um, I think they're doing it more as like a precautionary thing before the playoffs, mm-hmm. perhaps. But it's a slewfoot. PK Subban slewfooted three people last year. Got nothing. And he didn't get anything. The league had a meeting with Subban about it. You know, because they're like, you can't just be going around doing this to guys. It took out Sammy Blay for the year. Like, because you're too too old and slow to get into a corner anymore. And you're you're trying to hold a guy and kick at the back of his feet. Like, to slow him down. Like, is, this one was way worse than that. Way worse. And... Scott, you've heard me rant about a hundred times. What's a penalty in October needs to be a penalty in May and June. It's so crucial to this game. And I think it's the number one thing fans hate other than the blackout rules. Uh, I really do. Because and the Fanatics jerseys. I hate they, 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 they've done a, a study about this. I remember hearing on ESPN years ago about who had the best refs of, of any league and the NHL won, but there was a, there was a stipulation to it. The literal fan said, except in the playoffs, except in the playoffs. I don't understand this thing of why, when the when it gets to crunch time, when push comes to shove, the rules just get thrown out the, the, the window. And Rod Brendamore was berating the refs all game long. I mean, every time they showed Brindamore, he was screaming his head off at the refs. Did the refs miss, like, a trip call on, on the Rangers during the game? Absolutely. But it's not like they weren't getting any calls. It was ridiculous. He bullied those refs all game so that when push came to shove and when there's an obvious slew foot, the refs are too afraid to call anything with two minutes left and cost the Rangers the game. And, and you saw the next game, Rangers won in Carolina. It was a much better game. The Rangers played better, but the refs didn't determine the outcome of the game. Right. Like, I, I, I can't – it's like they say they don't want to determine the outcome but when you don't call the game by the obvious rules. And I'm not talking the ticky-tack things. I'm talking blatant, obvious, possibly intent-to-injure rules. Yeah, I, I yeah. think that there's a lot to that. There's a lot to unwrap there. Uh, I think for, for one thing, right now the NHL has a lot of young referees. If you notice, a lot of the veteran referees that the league had have retired over the past few years. Last night one so, just retired. Exactly. So you got yeah. a lot of new referees coming in that are you know trying to catch their foot. And I'm not sticking up for them. I'm just saying that you have a lot of newer officials in the league now. And I think, to be perfectly honest with you, and again, this is not defending them at all, but what I am saying is that the game has become so fast 
And to be perfectly honest with you, with the rules, they have overcomplicated things so much that I think that the refs sometimes get confused looking for some of these overcomplicated rules that obvious stuff gets missed. And if that sounds strange, it, it should. But if you can follow that train of logic, right? Because, again, take a newer person to the job, overcomplicated rules, quite frankly. I think that they're, they, they could simplify the rule book, and the game will be a lot better. All right? And the, let's face it, the game is as fast as it's ever been. So, oh, yeah. yeah, they definitely, you know, by the sounds of things, blew the call, for sure. But I think there's a lot to it, because you see it a lot at the AHL level as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you look at last night too, uh, Derek Lalonde of the uh, of the Red Wings, oh, he got thrown out. He he got thrown out because he's asking, "What is a goaltender interference?" Because it seems like that rule changes every five minutes. That's the other and, thing, and that's exactly and, what I'm talking about. So I agree with you, Scott, that it should be, you know, they they they've they've overcomplicated everything. Now refs don't know what to call in certain situations, and I agree with you, Mazzotti, with. The, the plays should be called the same exact way from the first puck drop of preseason to the last puck drop of the postseason. The, these ref, the, they, the refs shouldn't take blow their shouldn't swallow their whistles on on playoffs. And when it comes to playoff like scenarios, you know, like last night, Boston again, Boston and uh, uh, Nashville, Pasternak boarded somebody. Play continued for a solid ten seconds. Boston got a shot off. Hits uh, one of the national players, collects it, and whistle blows. So we're all saying, you know, I'm watching the game, like, oh, what did, what's Nashville getting called for? And they called posture knock. And I'm like, these refs swallowed their whistles for 10 whole seconds. They don't know what they're calling right now. So, in that sentiment, I definitely agree with you with the play, uh, plays should be called from you know, from the start of the season to the end of the end of the postseason, they should be called the same exact way. Miss a tripping call. Fine. You, tripping's tripping, but a slew foot, you could hurt somebody. You could seriously hurt somebody with a slew foot. And that has to be called. I'm Boy, telling you, this was one of the most obvious and blatant slew foots. And was so funny because I was on a Reddit thread about it. And of course the Canes fans are all like celebrating. All like fans. Nothing. And they were like, I don't even know what you're talking about. The Canes didn't show it in the highlight reel. I go, oh, well, it wasn't in your highlight reel. You didn't even watch the game, so obviously yeah. it didn't happen. Exactly. So All the, NHL, the Literally the NHL feed, they don't, they don't replay it, but you can see it. If you look quickly at the NHL feed, Lindgren's just standing there, and he goes, whoop, like just like gone. Just like, yeah. just like in, in the Rangers' original feed on it, you're like, why did he just fall? Because you barely see the other player because he's got his legs stuck out so far that his body's not even right next to Lindgren. That's how blatant it was that his leg was like, woo, like just gone. Uh, yeah. It, it was, and, and, and as a player, I can understand why he did that. I, I truly can. I'm, I'm not the cleanest player myself. Scott will tell you that. Uh, <laughs> but it's on the refs to make that call. It's on the refs to keep the players safe. That's how games get out of hand. That's why. That's how you have line brawls like crazy. Players getting injured left and right because you don't protect the players. And 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 I get I get what's what you said, Scott, about the game being faster and harder to call and all that stuff. I I feel for that. I understand that. But at the same time, 
a few weeks ago, I watched him stop a game for 15 minutes. I counted it. 15 minutes the game was stopped. Well, they were looking for conclusive evidence of Ke'Andre Miller spitting at Dowdy. Okay? Like, they stopped that game forever for that replay. Like, they went and reviewed that. And it was like, they, and, and by the way, there was no call on the ice. So now we've gone back to this thing where somebody says there was a penalty. We go to the review. We look for 15 minutes. We found the penalty. We could kick him out of the game now for spitting. It was like, are you kidding me? Like, but you can't if you're not you making the call like on the ice, foot. what are we reviewing? Right. Yeah, and I think actually that review can, you know, that can turn into, uh, why do I want to say this, overused, I guess. Because you can't have review for every single thing, but something like a major like that slew foot would have been, that should have been reviewed. But it's got to be called, right? Right. Right. Uh, yeah, but, but the spitting wasn't put a called. In where they went and reviewed can, that. Can buzz in and say, hey, wait a second. I don't know if they did or not. We'll have to look into that. Well, they can buzz in. The league could buzz in for goals if the for goals. I know that, but I thought but I thought there was a, a provision penalty? put in for majors. No, yeah, wrong. yeah. If They're somebody calls a match penalty, they can review it. They can review it. Okay, but Toronto can't buzz in and say, "Hey, you missed one." Uh, you can't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, I got you. You can review you. it. The, the ref can call the match penalty and review it to see if it really was a match penalty. If it wasn't a match penalty, then. It's not a penalty, or they can make it a two-minute minor. They they right. can decide. <laughs> so it could be it no penalty at all. It basically becomes a touchdown in football, where if they're not sure, they're just going to call the touchdown, and it's going to automatically right. go to review. Exactly. Oh, like baseball being thrown out first. That's base. better to yeah. me Tom, <laughs> yeah. than letting the game just play on and right. having a goal go in and having the whole outcome of the game decided because you were too chicken shit to blow your whistle. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, because Rod Rindemore's screaming at you on the bench the entire game, like, and there's two well, minutes left, listen, and you want to get the hell out of there. Like, Brindamore, yeah, but Brindamore's still pretty jacked. I don't know if I'd want him mad at me either. But no, I know, I don't. I don't want him mad at me either. Oh God, Brindamore scares me through the screen. <laughs> I can't believe guys want to play for him because he's the scariest coach I in the right? But that's the thing is he's a he was a player so like he also kind of has their interest in, in was a player, he should just put on some shoulder pads for the playoffs and get I out. He doesn't need he shoulder pads. He, has, he is shoulder pads. Yeah. <laughs> he needs he needs skates and some saran wrap for his big ass steroid head. Connor, you came up with one heck of an idea, and I want to mm-hmm. talk about it. Now, we were talking a few days ago, and you said, hey, let's talk about teams that need a roster reset. So go ahead and explain that and give us your choice for who needs a roster reset. Well, I made a list of five. Okay. Just, okay. Um, hey. Only five? <laughs> <laughs> You'll see you in a second. Um, <laughs> I, I thought this would be a good idea because, you know, there's a lot of – there's potential in a lot of these teams. And, like, I know one team that is very not happy. I think it's the Philadelphia fan base. They've not oh, they just got rid of their GM, I think, right? Yeah, Chuck Fletcher's gone. Um, Danny, now Danny Briere and his felons. <laughs> so that's my number one is Philly. Um, number two, I have Arizona. I'd okay. like to see Arizona rise from the ashes one day. They're gonna, <laughs> they're gonna get Connor Bedard. Watch no, it. they're not. They're no. gonna get Connor Bedard. It's nope. Batman's baby. <laughs> because if you look at it, I was looking at it the other day. San Jose has a better chance of picking him up now. 
well, I 100% believe these things are rigged. 100%. I'm willing to bet you that he'll go to San Jose. I'm willing to bet you that he's going to Arizona. I will buy you hockey tickets next year. I don't need those. <laughs> buy me a new helmet. I need that. <laughs> That'll be cheaper anyways. I get cheap-ass gear. <laughs> but He likes the antique stuff. Yeah, get him, a, get him a leather helmet. He'll wear a helmet. From like, <laughs> uh, give me another Jofa. I mine, yeah. mine cracked. I took a puck a couple weeks ago. Um, I have Philly, Arizona, um, Red Wings. Ooh, um, that's interesting. Get, then I have Chicago, San Jose, and actually put St. Louis. So there's six teams. St. Louis is on their way to a roster reset, anyways. Eh? I mean, how, do they have any players from the last championship they won? I don't think there's yeah, Bennington. Bennington and Bortuzzo. Shen? Brady Shen. Shen? Yep. Kyra? But yep. like, yeah. these Thomas. Thomas. Like, they do. It's just. So, when no you say team. roster reset, are we going full, like, wipe the team, start from the beginning, or are we going like, we could keep, like, these key pieces and build around them? I would say keep the key pieces and then build around that. Vancouver. So, I thought about Vancouver. Vancouver. If you can keep, if you can keep Hughes and Pedersen and trade the rest of the team for spare parts and just get draft picks, I would say go that route because not, nobody else on the team. Bes- oh, and Demko. Keep Demko and Hughes and Pedersen, and you could build around that team, those three, and you could actually have something deadly to work with their advantages. Hmm. That'd be great if they didn't keep giving out eight-year contracts for way yeah. too much money. <laughs> to the most toxic <laughs> players on earth. God, how is JT Miller still in the league right now with the way he's been acting? I mean, he, Miller's had a decent season. He's just but he's being a garbage person. It's not, it's not a, his fault. He's just a garbage person. No, it's not his fault. I I don't blame him one bit. I just think if you, if I'm a GM and I'm looking at JT Miller and I hear the stories I hear about him, why would I want to pay him? Why would I want him in my locker room just running amok? And then you give him a letter? Nah. You just flat out said, we don't care about this team if you give JT Miller an A. Hmm. Interesting. I also put a C on it right now because they traded the captain. I think JT Miller's trash. The fact that I heard he was going to the Rangers, I'm like, the Rangers don't want him. Oh, he was a Ranger. He was a Ranger, but then I heard in the trade deadline that he was like, oh, the Rangers should acquire him. And I'm like, no, not in the slightest. Keep him out west where he belongs in the garbage conference. The garbage conference. Mazzotti, got a thought on that? Um, Out of the teams he he mentioned here, I mean, I think St. Louis – I don't think St. Louis can do anything other than put in. They've already they've already kept their pieces. Their 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 contracts they have right now, they're 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 tied up. They're tied up in Thomas and and these guys and Buchnevich isn't going anywhere anytime soon. And you know and and he's played well for them. Like they just need. I think they need a better, more on the back end. You know they've seen that some of their defensemen. Over the years, you know, Petrangelo, Shattenkirk, these guys were, were foundations of this team. And who's their foundation now? Tory Krug? I mean, <sighs> it's not – that's I don't hear defense first when I hear Tory Krug, you know. Yeah. Um, 
Arizona like and the perpetually, they're they're perpetually rebuilding. I don't I don't know. Yeah, they're on the forever rebuild. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I don't know if they're going to be in Arizona much longer. The way the that uh, Kevin Weeks is talking about Atlanta and Houston, I've been Wait, hearing that it's not uh, an expansion team; that it's going to be a relocation. No, uh, they have. I think we when the owners when the new owners signed their deal like a couple years ago. They signed with the league a 13 year no move clause. So they're not allowed to touch the location for like 10 more years. I mean, I don't know the details of the, the contract. I'm sure there's got to be other stipulations on the other end. Like you got to have an arena with people. Like, <laughs> Which, there was so, just a there was just a wrench thrown in that that too, because they uh Phoenix is suing Tempe for the rights or the, the like the building because they quote unquote stole Phoenix's idea or something like that. Probably. I don't know the full details, but I know Tempe is being sued by Phoenix, which is hilarious. Yes. <laughs> like the, yes. the absolute garbage show just cannot continue <laughs> with that. Just the state of overall, like just as a hockey fan, I look at Arizona as a state and I'm like, why would I want to even visit there? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think the two the two teams that really need to do something are definitely Chicago. I mean, Chicago's pretty much shipped out anybody that was worth anything. I don't understand it. Like, I mean, getting rid of like DeBrinket and Doc and I don't I don't get those moves. Because, I didn't understand them because you're I talking. Get, I get moving. Them. I just don't get not getting as much they could have. It, well, you say keep these key guys to move out other, the other older guys, but they're moving the younger guys that can be foundations right. for the future. So it's like, what are you doing? Like, do you, you want to start this with Bedard? Is that what it is? Like, you want to get him and then start building? <laughs> like, I don't understand it. It's almost like they like, like no, Debrinket's too good. We need to get Bedard. So. <laughs> like you know, like it, it really seems like that's their 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 methodology, which is kind of crazy to me. San Jose, I feel like I, I don't know what they are. I really don't know what. They I just are. watched them for Sutherland. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> What's that? I only watched them for Fabian Sutherland. That's it. Yeah, like I I, I don't know. Like, is Carlson gonna be good again next year, or no, is he I, not? No, we don't know. <laughs> like. And that makes a big difference, you know. I think if they knew Carlson was going to be good this as good as he was this year, maybe they would have done more in the off season, you know. But yeah. um, but there's definitely teams, and I would, you know, I think there's teams that are more like on the bubble that need to do these things, like Calgary. Like Calgary just did a whole bunch, and it's like, where did it get you guys? On the bubble, right. like, right. like you get, might want to rethink like a bunch of things you just did. Like, I think um, also with Calgary, like Markstrom's had an up and down year, and that that's been a big factor. You know, it's nobody's fault really. I think that they need a coaching change more than anything. Mm-hmm. I I think more it's like these teams on the bubbles, like Nashville. Nashville's going to have to retool on the fly. I think they're primed to do it. Um, you, you know, know I'm thinking I, Washington. Washington. <laughs> Kuznetsov just requested a trade. So, mm-hmm. well, and yeah. he's about. If you look at those contracts that they have handed out, so you got Obi tied up for the next four seasons. He's already thirty-seven. Nick Backstrom, 
He's 35. They got another three years of him. Those are the two boat anchor contracts, along with just because of his injury history more than anything else, T.J. Oshie. He's 36. They got him for another three. Uh, Kuznetsov is pretty much the, the movable contract out of that because they still got him for three years, but he's only 30 years old. And I think with Kuznetsov, he's one of those guys who could certainly benefit from a change of scenery, a fresh start somewhere. Um, other than that, the Caps do have some movable pieces. You can move Tom Wilson. You can move him. I mean, he's his contract isn't that bad. He's only got two years left, and it's 5.16. Send him to Boston. You know what? As much as other teams can't stand Tom Wilson, you'd love to have him on your team. Except yeah. that he hasn't done much since he came back from injury. No, but I mean, so then you're that, like, what kind that, of Tom Wilson are you getting? Right, but is that more of a, a symptom of the team itself, or is it Tom Wilson? Because I will submit this: I think what you're going to see with the Washington Capitals over the next season, two, three, if they don't start getting some fresh young legs in there, it's just going to be the Ovi show. Just keep feeding Ovi to get the record, and that's all it's going to be. Because <laughs> it, is gonna, it, it is because it's all it is now. Right. And that's what I mean. I mean, this team is no longer a serious Stanley Cup threat. I'm sorry. They're not. They no, really aren't. They got their cup and they checked out. Same well, with St. I mean, Louis. It's, it, it's what happens, right? I mean, you, you, you win the cup and then you got to pay these guys because now they got the ring. They want to get paid for it. And that's, mm-hmm. this is what happens yeah. in, the stand, in, the, in the salary cap world. So, and Washington pays everybody except for goalies. Well, they pay temper. <laughs> Clearly. They're See, paying they Kemper now, but every other goalie they've had for the last yeah. decade, they've recycled out to other sides of the league. Like pretty much, pretty much. So, not to change it again, but Ed, you're talking about the Arizona thing. So March, I'm oh, not March, November first of last year, um, Batman said if they do sign, it'll be a 30 year no movement clause. 30 year. No. <laughs> Imagine 30 years. 30 years. <laughs> Wow. Thirty years of eras of the Arizona Coyotes. I love the jerseys. That's I do. I love the Kachinas. Yeah, those are awesome. I love the yeah, jerseys. Thirty years, no re- uh, non-relocation if they plan if their plans approved by temp. Wow, so, wow. <laughs> there we go. Numbers, so. Thirty there years. Go. I'll be like, I'm almost. I'll be fifty-five. I'll be sixty. You guys will probably be going to my funeral. <laughs> You'll definitely be going to my funeral. Shit. <laughs> I don't plan on getting past 50. I'm, I'm checking. I'm checked out already. <laughs> Real quick, around the table, who needs a new uniform? Ed. New uniform? Oh, God. You throw me on the spot like that? I'm throwing um, you on the spot, brother. God, who needs a new uniform? <clears throat> We're talking about resets. Kings. Oh, interesting. A lot of people want them to go back to that form blue and gold. Connor. Purple, purple. Um, I like to see the devils change a little bit. I'd like to see him go back to the '80s uniforms myself. I, I like, I like the '80s uniforms. I like, I'd like to see it changed up a little bit. Like some, some of these teams are like they're bland. I'm sorry. If you watch back in the old days, not like throwing shade at anybody. <laughs> but Scott, when you were like 20 years old, <laughs> yeah, back in, that, well, you right? couldn't tell though because all the television was black and white then, so you really couldn't tell. True. <laughs> um, but I like. I like the older jersey looks. I don't like the newer ones. I'm sorry. I like. I don't know. I think New Jersey. I'm going to New Jersey and uh, let's change up Columbus. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That's a that's a real good point. I I, I like that way of thinking because Columbus their their main uniforms are pretty bland. 
They're bland. I, my There's three, a lot of bland ones. My three-year-old can come up with a better logo than that. <laughs> How about you, Mazzotti? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I like old school things, but old school like 92 <laughs> is like old school to me sometimes. I really liked like the Ducks original logos and colors. I don't know why they got rid of them. Even because their, Disney had the rights to them, but they sold the team. Even their 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 new um, third jersey, uh, or, or I don't know if it's currently their third jersey, the one that's like teal, but it's got the duck yeah. logo. I like that jersey better than the webbed feet. Yeah, logo. I don't understand that logo. It's pretty stupid, actually. It, it's a dumb logo. I don't get it. The, the other logo was awesome. Like, you're obviously still using it for your third jersey and stuff. Like, just bring it all the way back. Right. Because that was a great logo. Well, um, you know who designed that logo, right? The owner's daughter. Well, there you go. There you go. That answers it. The owner's daughter made that logo when she was like 10. And I am going to say it right now. The Minnesota Wild need to go back to the green and yellow of the Minnesota North Stars. I love the red. End of story. I love the red. They have such a nice shade of red. I just, I can't help it. I've missed those those Minnesota North Stars jerseys ever since they moved to, to Dallas. I'll tell you what jersey I haven't missed. The Buffalo silver, black, and, and red. The gold, I, well, that's I, I have them out there, though. Yeah, oh, they, they're, they're, it's their alternates, yeah. Yeah, they brought that back this year. I saw them awesome. playing it the other night. I'm like, their blue jerseys look way better. Yeah. Than, like, I don't I don't understand why they wanted to go back to the black. Um, I don't I like that, that logo either. I think, yeah. the, I think the regular logo is a, cool, a good logo. Like... Yeah, I, I I don't I don't get it. I think I think Detroit could do more. I I, I never really liked the winged wheel. Like they 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 need to do more. Like I don't I think Detroit's logo and jersey are so old that it's impossible to do now. Yeah, without having a major it, major yeah, deal about it. I don't know. They had that Winter Classic or Stadium Series a few years ago with the with the, the white D. stripe across with the D, like. Yeah. There was something like I feel like you know, I don't know, I don't well, know what you could do, but like best, I just feel like it's really a little can, tired. Whereas Chicago me, is really old, but Chicago's like one of the best jerseys in the league, as far as I'm concerned. You, mark my words, Chicago's changing that logo in five years. Why? I mean, you got to think, you had, you had all these Native American things change. Um, people yes. are gonna be it, up in arms about that. Because no, they, you ever they, hear the, the backstory on that, though? Uh, yes, I do know the backstory, but do people right. care about the backstory? That's, that's a good Chicago's question. never changing that. I, no way. I, I feel like I, they're going to. I, like I feel like they're. I, I don't want to see it change. I, right. I, it's, my, it's, I don't want to see yeah, it change. Because, you know, that's, that's about, the thing. Uh, you know, with the Native American logos, a lot of people say, well, we're doing this to honor the Native Americans and all that. With the Chicago logo, there is an actual story that goes with it. That makes all the perfect sense in the world with it. The Blackhawk Fighters, is what right? It was from, it was people. Yes. The original owners had fought them in World War One, is what it yes. was. And, and it's it's a great story. But that, like that's, said, a, that's a fantastic people, example of any time machine. But do you think, but like I said, people today do not care about the backstory. They just see what's in front of them and run with it. Yeah. That's that's true. It's, I mean, it's it's unfortunate, and I love the Blackhawks logo, and I love their jersey, and I think they have one of the most complete looks when it comes to uniformity. But 
realistically in today's political climate, I don't see it lasting. Like we already had two sports teams change. Chicago, Chicago's not going to change it. They've already come out. They, they have. They give to plenty of Native American organizations. They, they do have a whole they, thing on their website about what they, it's about and what, how they respect the Native American culture. How it's not about that, and they're never going to change it. Like, granted, the one thing I will say is Chicago's recent. Um, what, are they, what, what word am I looking for? The recent um, adversities with PR may uh, prevent people from looking at one thing and just looking at the other, you know, with uh, what happened all last year with the. Well, that's, a lot of that stuff got re released when that happened. Yes. Because you're right. It got brought up. And, got Chicago, brought- and Chicago still said, no, this has nothing <laughs> to do with that. And well, Connor, we'll, we'll on your point. in the front office, but we're not changing the logo. And Connor, on your point with the uh, former Washington football team and uh, the Cleveland Indians, the, 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 the Indians logo was horrid. I mean, just that for was racist, that was, which, you know, what's funny. That was designed by a native American <laughs> back in the, back in the 1930s. I want to say it was. And um, I mean, the, the maybe time caught up with it then. But time definitely was, caught up with it. Yeah, um, yeah. And with the football team in Washington, um, they were they got that name because their whole team was Native American. Mm-hmm. So there was there's that. Um, then they, again, back in the 20s, I think Jim Thorpe was on the team back when they named it. And you know, again, time caught up with it. You know, yeah. it, Blackhawks. I, I I'm on your sentiment. Mazzotti with yeah, I don't think it should change. I think it should stay forever. And trust me, I was I, I, I was definitely before I knew like more about it, I was like, I don't know how they get away with this one. It's a nice logo, but like, geez, you know. I don't think but, there's, um, there's no when you see the patch on the shoulders uh that the, the soldiers wore, when you see the patch that was right. on there and you're <laughs> like, that is the exact same thing. It's changed very, very little since 1914 or whenever that you know came about so uh i just think that people today don't do their research on things like that they just see what's in front of them and they see the name and they see the logo and then they see you know they they just see red basically and go racist it, it, no pun intended honestly. and then they're gonna run into a wall of why and i think that that's good I think people should learn their lesson when they jump to a conclusion. I agree. And then they actually yeah. find out why. And they're I like, agree. all right, it's not as bad as I thought. You need right. to be able many... to like change your mind on things. People, you, you can be wrong about yourself and you have a, a wrong opinion. You know what but I mean? But nobody like... wants to be. That's, that's the, that's, that's the yeah. other issue. Nobody wants to be. I mean, I can tell you how many times I've, I've been that way myself. You know, you gotta. No one looks in the mirror. No one, no one looks looks at themselves hard and say you're wrong in this situation. I know there's many times where I where I haven't done that, and I've been wrong about so much. Um, I just think that people are gonna eventually be up in arms about it, and they're gonna have to do a hard stance with PR and go about this the right way. They have to go about it perfectly, though. They have to explain everything loud and clear on a national market like ESPN and actually talk about it and educate instead of, no, we're not changing it, which other teams have done, which other teams have, you know, 
we're not doing this. Why? And then they just leave. You know, right. the Blackhawks definitely have to look at it and understand yeah. that we have to they, educate people because this is a they, time to learn. They have it all on their website. You can find but it. Like really I said, quickly. no, but the, no one's going to do the research. Well, right. You, you almost that. had to put a video about about it out on like a on the social media platforms. It has to be on the Facebook, yeah, topics on, the, on the TikToks and all that. Yeah, on the on the jersey changes, uh, I'd like to see Pittsburgh simplify and give me two jerseys for a season. <laughs> that, that's, that's what I would like to see in Pittsburgh. Okay, I get it. When you were like floundering in two thousand two, you wanted to have ten jerseys a season to sell out because you couldn't sell tickets. But you've been doing fine for over a decade now. Maybe we could go back to just well over a for Pittsburgh. Because I, like, I don't like know what Pittsburgh is going to wear on any given night. It's a yellow jersey. It's a gold jersey. It's an old logo. It's a new logo. It's a yellow helmet. It's a bold helmet. I don't know what it is. But uh, give me two jerseys in Pittsburgh. That's it. Uh, like Canes. The, uh, Canes, too. Hurricanes, they need to go back to the old ways. The well, like, like, no, not uh, well. They wore the whalers a few nights ago against, I believe. I saw that, that was pretty Boston. cool. I like watching that. Um, but the um, no, for me, back in the day, oh, the silver the, in there, silver in there, but yeah. they also had the flags going around the bottom, yeah, and their yeah. actual logo on the jersey. Now it just says that now they have the word mark that says Canes on the away jersey and on their new reverse retro, the red flag. Yeah, maybe we should go so, back to the flag that only had one flag on it. The tropical storm right. because did you know about that? They had one flag and they found out after that's only for a tropical storm. You gotta have two flags for a hurricane. So they literally wore jersey for years. It was the tropical storms. The tropical uh, which is what I think they're gonna they're turning into going into the playoffs, you know. That's Pretty great. soon it's just gonna be a drizzle. It's gonna yeah, it's been downgraded. <laughs> The Carolina oh, yeah. tropical storms. I love it. Oh, that's awesome. That's new, awesome. new affiliation coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> you see Let's, get, it, let's <laughs> get tropical. Yeah. Uh, well, what do you say, boys? We're going to close this out with a Zamboni time machine. Uh, the Zamboni time machine is brought to you by Zamboni.com, and the Zamboni name is used with permission by the Zamboni company. This week, the Zamboni time machine takes us back to April 15th, 1952. The date the first octopus was thrown on the Detroit Red Wings home ice, which at the time was at the Olympia. Hockey is full of traditions, like fans throwing their hats on the ice for a hat trick, playoff beards, which I know Mazzotti's going to talk about someday. Uh, the list goes on and on. But one of the strangest, and certainly the smelliest, is unique to the Motor City. It was all started by Pete and Jerry Cusimano, whose family owned a seafood business in Detroit. In the original six era, eight playoff wins were needed to win the Stanley Cup unlike the 16 victories required in today's game. In 1952, the Red Wings were steamrolling through the playoffs, having swept the Toronto Maple Leafs in four games and were up three games to none versus the Montreal Canadiens. The Cusimano brothers were huge Red Wings fans and wanted to come up with a good luck charm to help their team finish the sweep of the Habs and take the cup. Realizing that an octopus has eight legs and their team needed an eighth win, it somehow made sense to the Cusimanos that throwing the creature on the ice would get the job done. With that in mind, they half-boiled an octopus so that it was a deep red, and they proceeded to smuggle it into the Olympia for Game 4 against Montreal. The Cusimanos did indeed make their famous toss, and sure enough, the Wings completed the sweep and lifted the Stanley Cup that night. With a splat on the ice, a tradition was born that lasts to this very day. 
And in case you're wondering, yes, an opposing player has been hit by a flying octopus. Although it wasn't the norm, during one particularly heated game against Toronto, Pete Cusimano decided he was going to toss one of his eight-legged good luck charms at Toronto's Ted Kennedy. The intended target was missed, but Kennedy's teammate Bicklin's face was not. And that is exactly where the octopus landed. And that, my friends, concludes this week's trip on the Zamboni Time Machine. Could you imagine being poor Vic Lynn? <laughs> I didn't do <laughs> How do you smuggle an octopus? You I know, duct right? tape it to yourself. But you want to know what, though? Well, I bet you those guys got through that line quick, didn't they? Nobody oh. wanted to be near them. Well, they have like boiled it, so it didn't of, smell too bad. I like the detail of boiling it so it was red. I yeah. never heard that before. People miss that these days. People are lazy. Yeah. Start yeah. boiling those when you want to throw them out there. Yeah, they just, just splat. Yeah. I, you know, I've been to uh, one one game. It was uh, it was out in Nashville, and it was I saw the the catfish, and that uh, was rancid. Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> you know, in the uh, the video game this year, when you own your own club, you could unlock different things for your hat tricks. Like, instead of just hats getting thrown, you could change it to, like, the teddy bear toss or something like that. Oh, really? That's One cool. of the ones they have is rainbow trout. And let me tell you, <laughs> it is hilarious. When you <laughs> score a, a, hat, a hat trick and you, all these fish come flying <laughs> over the glass. <laughs> it looks hilarious. It looks like they're swimming upstream. They just come <laughs> flying over so much. I call it a fish trick. <laughs> 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 that's awesome that is oh, awesome man. i the, disgusting like has to be awful to pick up but it's so legendary you know you go yeah, there's a reason why they have the octopus hanging from the for, hanging from the raptors and rafters in detroit now well the nhl banned it at one point well you yeah, know yeah, they, people doing it yeah well, let's face it too. The NHL is notoriously great at marketing and marketing all the all the individuality of the teams. Yeah. Joke, absolute joke of a league. <laughs> I hate I hate the NHL sometimes. I I love the way the AHL runs it, and I love the way the teams are actually able to express their individuality. And you go to an NHL game, and it's so cookie cutter. Like to me. It's so cookie cutter. It's just the same everywhere you go. And then you have a meter. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just like you go to like, I love going to comments and crunch games. You know, it's, it's so nice because like each team is, you know, in some ways, Syracuse and Utica, you know, it's the, the rivalry to me is real. You go to Boston, Montreal, and it's just another hockey game now. And granted, a little bit of it because Montreal's not so good, but like it's like that throughout the league. There's no fire anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's yeah. I mean, I guess so. I, I guess you could say that for sure. I think uh, each team with, has to look at making themselves stand out. But with the playoffs coming, I think you're going to see some uh, some big time rivalries reignited. Hey, stop! I was wondering if I could ask you guys a question on the way out. Sure, we'll see how it changes next week okay Okay. so close the eastern conference who is going to get the last wild card out of pittsburgh florida buffalo or as i'm rooting for the ottawa senators i would like to see the ottawa senators get it just because and i'll tell you why because i'll give you for a team that was supposed to be still rebuilding i give them credit for going out and getting alex to and jake chikrin Jacob Chickard. I'll give him a lot of credit for that. 
However, I think it's going to be the Florida Panthers. I, I think so. I, I think that especially Sergei Bobrovsky finds, you know, he's been playing really good. Don't underestimate a two-time Vezina winner, I'm telling you. And there's still enough talent on that Florida Panthers team to make it. Now, do I see him getting by Boston? Absolutely not. If you steamroll. But, but I think it's going to be the Florida Panthers taking that final spot. For me, I would like to see Ottawa or Buffalo, personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffalo, I, too, yeah. I would like to see them, both of them, because it's been so long since I've seen a realistic playoff run from either of those teams. Like, Ottawa was the most recent, what, 2016? It's six yeah. years ago now. That's that's over half a decade ago. So we, I would like to see both one of those two teams make it, if not both, even though that's unrealistic. Um, but I can agree with Scott with Florida. It's the they're still talented. Matthew Kachuk has ninety seven points. He's pushing a hundred points already. Um, you got you know, like you said, Bobrovsky. If he turns it on, they they can become dangerous. Pittsburgh, I don't think Pittsburgh has a shot in hell because of goaltending. Goaltending and yeah. realistically, not, there's no carrying on the team besides Crosby now. Yeah, that's true. What about you, Connor? Buffalo. Buffalo. You know, I'll tell you, I, I, I've said this before and I'll say it a million times again. I'm just surprised they did not upgrade their, their goaltending at the trade deadline. I'm surprised. I mean, I, I love the name Ukapekalukunen. I think it's a great name. Um, but by the time the Devin Levi got there, it's it's almost too little too late. And a kid coming out of college, you're going to depend on him to carry you into the playoffs. I don't know. I, I would have I would have just I mean, again, you know, hindsight's 2020, but they have enough prospects and they have enough picks to have made a been able to make a deal to just get somebody. You don't need an all-star goaltender. Just another veteran uh, presence in there. To you, you also have to look at this too with Buffalo. They they're leaps and bounds above what I expected. Oh, them sure. To they be. Are. I grant granted this has been what eleven years in the making now, right? Going right. on twelve, so they they're far behind the eight ball. But we've also kind of expected them to be this far behind so many times before. The yeah. fact that they're now pushing, it's like, oh wow, okay. It's the the redheaded stepchild's finally uh finally finally doing something right right so it's I'm impressed with the way they've been playing and I, I think that they're starting to realize you know don't rush it. Well, I'll tell you what: if they don't make it this year, Buffalo and Ottawa are definitely playoff teams next year. Yeah, I could see that for sure. We'll see for sure. <laughs> Uh, I, 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 obviously anything can happen. You're right. You're right. I would say yeah. Ottawa. I don't know about Buffalo. I, I, I never count on Buffalo I'm, for anything. I'm convinced <laughs> on Buffalo. I am. But uh, and I said that. The, I said that a couple weeks ago about Buffalo. Yeah. And I'm gonna stick with Buffalo. They can do it just as much as anybody, really. I mean, they've they've got the they've got the tail to do it. Ottawa and I just same amount of points right now. They're both 77 points. Yeah, their their defense though just just makes me nervous, and I'm believing in them to make the playoffs. But hey, I mean, they could put happen. They could put the puck in the net though. Boy, they sure can. I think they're what yeah. second in the league in goals scored. Yeah, they're they're like the old Edmonton Oilers. You know, they got to score eight goals a game because they're giving up seven. You know, <laughs> but I'll tell you what though, doesn't that make for exciting hockey? Love it, absolutely love it. The fire wagon hockey of old, gotta love it. All right, fellas. Well, that was a great show. And uh, 
you know, next week when we come back, we're going to be even closer to that playoff picture. And I'm sure we're going to have a couple other topics to come up with here to, uh, to tickle your hockey brain, if you will. So, yeah. So thank you for listening, everybody. We appreciate it. Please subscribe to our show on YouTube, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Help us grow this show and never miss an episode. So for all of us here at Marty's Illegal Stick, thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. With every race, every qualifying run, and every pit stop, Tim Coffeen would feel the pressure and excitement. With his own podcast on the Sports History Network called Tim Coffeen Talks IndyCar and Racing History, Tim will share those very same racing emotions and memories with his listeners. Learn, laugh, and enjoy the world of IndyCar racing through the eyes of Tim Coffeen. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to Sports historynetwork.com forward slash podcast again that's sports historynetwork.com forward slash podcast head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast